It's your favorite sports show. We back. It's the Sports Counterpoints podcast. The date, October 30th, 2019. Happy Halloween to those who celebrate, to those who feel like it's a heathen holiday. I feel you too. Um, it's back, back again. GB, I'm your host. I got my cousins, my brothers, my family on the lines. B. Maury and the boy Coop. What's up, y'all? What's going on? All right, let's be back. Man, we back in the we back in the building. So today's episode um, is still, you know, it's we're almost what mid we're almost mid football season right now. I think this is mid football season this week. Um, talk about some football as always. We'll do kind of let the guys talk about. I'm gonna just kind of let them let them free free reign on this one. Talk about what teams you want. Do NFC? Do AFC? Um, just, just kind of a football check in, and then we'll get to some basketball as the basketball season has started. Unless you're the Golden State Warriors, apparently. But for everybody else, hoop season is in is uh, in full swing, so we'll chop it up on that um, and just kind of kind of let it let it rain like it always does. So sports counterpoints podcast, like I said, October thirtieth. Uh, let's get into some football. Coop, you had some things you want to say, man. You go ahead and get started on that. Yeah, I was going to start with the NFC, and um, we all know the Niners are undefeated. But um, I listen to all, a lot of media people talk about the 49ers, and I think the narrative uh, being put out on this team by the media is uh, incorrect. So I want to clear up three things uh, that people need to actually know about this team. Number one, the main narrative coming out about this team is about all the first round draft picks that are on the defensive line. And I think that's massively overstated Uh, for a guy who watches pretty much almost every single 49er game. uh, Those guys have been on the defensive line for a few years and only one guy has been productive DeForest Buckner. The rest of the guys were underachievers. The reason why this defensive line is playing so well as a unit is because of one guy, and that's Nick Bosa. Uh, his motor, his technique, and his relentlessness is what and made him the most polished defensive lineman to come out of college in years. Therefore, it's allowed all of these un- these other underachieving linemen to flourish. So Nick Bosa is the reason why that line is playing so well as a unit. Um, second thing is, um, what's not being talked about is how the 49ers have won different ways. Um, they've overcome... They overcame five turnovers against Pittsburgh to win that game. They had to use defense and field goals to win against the Redskins on that terrible field. For the, on the Rams game, the Rams scored on their first possession a touchdown and did not score the rest of the game, which is impressive. Uh, they used an offensive explosion against Cincinnati and Carolina. Uh, who Carolina has a good defense, and they have a decent head coach, and they were coming off a of bye week, so that was definitely, definitely uh, unexpected. And they used efficiency and precision to beat the Cleveland Browns. So I don't think that's being talked about as well. The last thing that's not being talked about this team is that the 49ers, they do not have great talent, which is the reason why I predicted them to go 9-7 and seven at best, 10-6. and six. Um, They don't have great talent. They have wide receiver injuries. Uh, both the starting tackles are out and the fullback is still out, but yet this team hasn't missed a beat. And that's because of Mike Shanahan. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, his offense isn't dependent on anyone, as opposed to Sean McVay, who I think is a good coach. But from what I can see, his offense only is at its best with a workhorse, talented running back. Uh, Kyle Shanahan runs the exact same offense as dad Mike did, and uh, it's predicated on running the ball first. Um, the 49ers run the ball 57% of the time, which is second only to Baltimore. And when you got a, a guy like George Kittle on the team who set a tight end record last year for most receiving yards in the season by a tight end, and when he's wide open, that schemes and play calling. And I don't think Shanahan gets enough credit for that. Uh, and last year, he he had an undrafted guy named Nick Mullins, who was very limited arm talent, but he looked like a re- he looked like a respectable NFL quarterback playing with Kyle Shanahan. And I think Shanahan's you didn't have to do greatest, that. 
You didn't have to do that, Coop. Oh, my bad. My bad. I was my at bad. the game. And you I didn't think, have to do that. I think I think Shanahan's greatest accomplishment, though, is that he got Matt Schaub to a Pro Bowl. I, I still don't know how that happened, but okay. I just think Shanahan doesn't get enough credit. Uh, another team I want to talk about is the uh, Chicago Bears. Um, I was actually hoping that this team made a trade because I think that team is pretty good and made a trade for quarterback. Uh, the problem with this team is what I've always said is Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I don't know how they didn't scour. I would have, like I told Brian, I would have offered New Orleans everything to get Bridgewater or just somebody. Uh, Trubisky, he's played six games this year and didn't throw a touchdown pass in four of them. Um, counting last year, Pro Football Focus, which is an analytics website, has him as the 31st best passer in overall the 50th best quarterback, which means that there are backups better than him. Uh, last year's offense, of course, was smoke and mirrors. Like I said, the Eagles figured it out. Make him make make him make basic NFL throws consistently, which he can't do. Uh, Green Bay, the defensive players of Green Bay after the first game of the season said the game plan was just to make him be a quarterback. Uh, unfortunately, teams in the NFL, they do this a lot. They hold on to a quarterback just too Long. I saw the 49ers do it with Alex Smith. I saw Jacksonville do it with Blake Bortles. And it looks like Chicago's going to make that same mistake with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, the last thing I want to say about the NFC is that Green Bay is not a Super Bowl contender to me. Uh, the first couple games of defense looked good. Uh, but after that, their D is kind of concerning. Uh, from what I saw on Monday night, they let Matt Moore just go up and down the field all game on them. Uh, they, he completed 50 percent of his th- third downs. Uh, Matt Moore was a high school football coach last year, and he only had three practices with the Chiefs, yet he was killing Green Bay's defense. Um, in previous games, the Eagles ran the ball down their throat. The Raiders had over 400 yards of offense against them. Dallas had over 500 yards of offense against them. And also what I've noticed is that their defense needs turnovers to be successful. So Green Bay, to me, is not a Super Bowl contender. I know they're going to be put in the conversation because of Aaron Rodgers, but to me, nah, they're not. Uh, B, anything about the uh, NFC? Real quick, it sounds like this whole Whoa. conversation was directed at the homie Dread. What up, Dread? Well, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Um, so I'll start. Let me start with uh, with San Francisco, which I'm not going to say much of. It, it's actually been interesting to watch. I know that you projected them to to get into the playoffs. I thought you were crazy. Still think you might be. Um, me too. But me you too. know, they do have a lot of talent when it comes to um, their off the field talents, right? They have. Uh, they're being stumped by porn stars talking about how everything she touches to Clint starts gold. Shout out to Clint for sending the, the TMZ clip. Um, but anyways, I do want to say something. I think anyone who knows me knows I, I, I really genuinely hate Chicago. Um, but as a byproduct of having a bunch of TVs and being interested in what's going on in the NFC, especially the NFC North, uh, I watch all of their games. And and I really think that you're wrong about Trubisky. And I'm not saying that he's a good quarterback because I don't necessarily think that he is. But he is not the problem with that team. It's it's the coach. And most of the analysts that are that are that are kind of agree looking in their games real closely, like Mike Wilbon, who's also a, a huge Chicago fan, uh, talks about this all the time. But um, you know, people who are watching these games on a week to week basis notice something, and that is Neji. Nagy has the ability to ruin any running back he has. Before he came onto that team, uh, Jordan Howard was one of the best running backs and sought after by every team. He was one, he led the NFL in yards from scrimmage. He got there. All of a sudden, not only was he an afterthought because all he did was uh, play Tariq Cohen in the passing game. Next year, he was an uh, he was off the uh, well. Next year, he was irrelevant. This year, he's off the team and actually being productive in Philadelphia. There was a game two weeks ago in which the, there was a 92% pass-to-run uh, uh, ratio. 
It's ridiculous. And so when you do that, I don't care who you are. Every defense knows when you're playing the Chicago Bears, all you have to do is drop an extra DB and play the pass because you do not have to worry about them handing the ball to the running back and having them run up the middle. It never happens. Doesn't matter what game you're watching. Doesn't matter who's behind. And they actually have a pretty good, uh, some pretty good running backs back there. So, uh, not saying that they're any good. I do think that they they have a lot of issues. Um, I do think that their defense is talented. But when your when your offense is that predictable, there's there's no way. And that's Nagy's fault. So, you know, Trubisky. I don't know if he's good or bad or otherwise, but I do know that the problem on that team is not him. It is the coach. Um, I'll. Talk about Green Bay. I agree with you. I don't think that they're the best team in the NFC. I think that that honor goes to New Orleans. Um, I actually thought that along the way. Then they lost uh, Drew Brees. I was actually at the Rams game when he got injured, and I was in the crowd with a whole bunch of of New Orleans uh, Saints fans, and every single one of them was going, oh, Teddy Bridgewater. I can't believe we have to have Teddy Bridgewater. They should just play Taysom Hill. And, and I think I said this in the one, in the podcast that came right after that is everybody just needs to slow down. Teddy Bridgewater is an awesome quarterback. I'm a Vikings fan. I got to watch his career. I know about that. Uh, and, and, and wish we still had him in, in, in most, in, in most instances. Um, although Cousins has, has been pretty solid lately. So when I saw Teddy Bridgewater going into that game, I, I talked to, I was talking to Austin, who's my son, who was sitting next to me. And I said, this isn't going to go well. Because you can't go into a game against the Super Bowl runner-up from last year, a couple, you know, a couple minutes into the first quarter, and think that you're going to be able to win that game on the road. I said, but I think Teddy Bridgewater will do admirably. I said he'll probably do 500 or better than 500 by a little bit. I was wrong. He's actually went undefeated um, and got them to a point. And that has that says a lot about the talent on that team, a lot about the coaching on that team. It says a lot about the defense, which is, is much improved, and it's done a heck of a lot more because, you know, while Teddy is a very, very solid quarterback, he is not a Drew Brees when it comes to the dynamic passing game, uh, or I should say what Drew Brees had been historically. Uh, it remains to be seen if last week was fool's gold or if the end of last season is a teller as to where he's going with uh, with, with, with his, his his game. But uh, I think New Orleans is, is probably the best team in the NFC. Um, I, I, I don't want to jinx it. I actually like the Vikings a lot, you know, having a good defense, which they have for the most part, they're a little bit, uh, a little bit weak on, in, in the, 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 um, DB area. Uh, I don't know that the roads are closed right now. I think they're hoping as a matter of fact, because he gets a, a penalty, but Dalvin cook, uh, I've been telling people this for the last few weeks. I think I even told you both of you guys, I think he might be the best running back. And I say that knowing that, you know, Saquon is very good and, and, you know, the Dallas running back and Kamara, I think Kamara might be the only running back that I think uh, that I like as much because he can do just about anything, but so can Dalvin Cook. He's been, he's been pretty solid out of the backfield. And I was playing golf last weekend with a, an ex Raider player. Um, and he, you know, he was like mostly on the practice squad, but, you know, massive dude, knows football, whole conversation was about football, and he could not stop talking about Madison. And I didn't even start, to, I didn't even let him know that I was a Vikings fan. He says, man, you know the guy that, that people are really sleeping on, it's the backup running back in Minnesota. And I said, backup? I said, no, Dalvin Cook's not the, right, the backup. He says, no, that Madison kid, I've, ta- I've seen a lot of football, and there's certain times where you just spot something in, a, in somebody, he said, that kid's got it. And 
I, I like them. I didn't, I never took it that way. So um, I really like what Minnesota's doing and building there. And, and when Dalvin Cook and Madison are, are playing well and the defense is playing solid, um, it gives Kirk Cousins the weekly way to play the way he's played the last few weeks, which has been solid. So that's my thoughts on the NFC. Um, you know, I, who do you, Jason, who do you think right now, if you had to pick a team um, to go to the Super Bowl? You know, I know you initially started with uh, Philly. Uh, so, you know, where are you now with, uh, with, with your team in the NFC, if you had to pick one to go to Super Bowl? Um, I would say either, um, in New Orleans or San Francisco. And the reason why is because New Orleans, I think the narrative on that team is incorrect as well. I think the defense is carrying that team. I think the defense is just not getting enough credit. Um, I don't like Green Bay. I don't like I just gave them credit. <laughs> no, 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 not you. I'm just talking yeah, about no, I, know. I think their defense is just not getting enough credit. Um, I would take both the 49ers and New Orleans over the Rams, over Green Bay, over Philly, over, you know, Carolina. And I would take them over all those teams. Yeah, I, I agree with you on New Orleans. I, I'm not I'm not a full fledged believer. I, I think what San Francisco's done is really impressive. But uh, again, you know, they haven't shown themselves against. Uh, a top team yet or and, and that's not to say that they have had an opportunity and lost they haven't had that opportunity yet but with teams like new england who know who they are if they don't play anyone which they don't have to because of their division they know what they can do i don't think san francisco knows that yet um that's not to say that they get they get later in the year and they don't find a team and and and, and kind of develop that but right now i think it's it's difficult to kind of you know, get to the point where you where where you can have a lot of confidence in them because I don't know that they have as much confidence themselves. Uh, but it is interesting to see you know some sideline video. I sent you guys something about how excited Kittle is about Bosa and um, and and how excited that team is about the young talent that they have, and that's great. Uh, but I don't know that I would I would uh, I would rush to a bookie just yet for for San Francisco to uh, even be in the Super Bowl. But you know, we'll see. And look. Hell, they're doing a hell of a lot better than I thought. This is, I think, this is a. They're one win away Same. from where I thought they could get. Right? Same. They're, they're at seven to nothing. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you're high on Seattle, but Seattle's defense. I'm telling you, it's, it's not. not. I, don't, I don't think that the Four Niners are going to are going to have much trouble. I'm gonna be Seattle. at that game. I think, so I'm interested to see too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, their defense is just it's just not good, and they don't get to the court. They don't get sacks. The problem with Seattle, they have Bobby Wagner and a bunch of young guys who yeah. are frequently out of position, and that's why they give up so many points. Yeah, and I, just so we're clear, I'm not jumping on Seattle's bandwagon. I didn't even mention them in, in, the, in the entire time I was talking. Now, I do think that they're a pretty good team, but I think that they're a pretty good team because of how they game plan to win football games, and they Definitely. win ugly. You know, they, they 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 try to run the ball a lot. They try and put they, they try and have Russell uh, make some big plays here and there, and, and give him the opportunity to make things at his feet. And and it, you know, they're not there to sit there and, and try and go big although occasionally it happens when russell wilson has a big day a big day you know they try and win ugly um so i don't think that they're in the super bowl conversation i do think that they're a playoff team um i've went i've gone from thinking that there might be you know three teams in the nfc north to thinking there might be at least two teams in uh in the uh, nfc west now, 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 for the record, if the Minnesota Vikings had a quarterback, I would definitely pick them easily. But I've seen Kirk <laughs> Cousins play for years because I have a good, really good friend who's a Redskins fan. I've seen him play for years. I don't buy what Kirk Cousins is doing. I've just seen it for too many years. Uh, the Vikings are one in six. Four weeks, he's, he's breaking records yeah, he's on, uh, right on efficiency. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm good. Um, but uh, <laughs> know. you know, last year the Red, uh, last year the Vikings were one and six against playoff teams. This year they're zero and one against Green Bay. I just they're going to you, you know this as well as I do. There's going to be a time during the regular season and during the playoffs where the quarterback is going to have to make plays to win a game. So here's and the I worry. Don't... I feel that same here's way about the... San Francisco though, and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, well, and then I agree with that. But here's the worry. Here's always the worry, and I, I, I told you guys that this is the beginning of the season. Kirk, Kirk Cousins having to play on the road yep. in a divisional game that matters against a good team. His history with the Redskins, with anybody, is abysmal. Yeah, you said that a but lot. But here's the catch. Yeah, a, a whole lot of times. And, <laughs> and I actually believe that they, they might lose to Detroit because of that. But guess what? They don't have any more road games against divisional teams. So the next time that they have to do something like that is it possibly in the playoffs. And they're, if they're winning the games that they the way that they are right now, uh, and Green Bay looks vulnerable, it's unlikely that they're going to have to go into Green Bay. So from a schedule standpoint, because they got rid of those games early and they, they went one, oh, yeah. one and two, yeah, um, they've gotten past uh, kind of the, the Kirk Cousins hurdle. Um, that's not to say that he, he's great or anything like that, but the games that he has left, um, he's at least – theoretically able to win them right I, I, as i told you all i didn't even i didn't watch the uh the green bay game i just counted that as a loss i said there's just no way he's going into green bay this early in the season and gonna win uh, and i you know so i that's the day i went to the uh the rams new orleans game and you know i have a friend that we know uh who's a big bears fan and he's like oh i'm gonna come over so you can watch the game i said it's the road it's a road game you all have that win <laughs> so yeah. you know they're um, and, and quite honestly, I was expecting us to find a way to lose in Detroit, but uh, we didn't manage to do that. Hey, uh, Coop, I got mm-hmm. one question, man, and I haven't. Like, who's the who do you think is the best quarterback that the Niners have faced this year? Oh, what? Uh, Can't be Goff. I know how I'm much looking, you like him. Right. Uh, <laughs> looking, looking at this schedule. Um, I mean, hell, I can say the same thing about the New England Patriots, but looking yeah, at yeah, this yeah, schedule, absolutely. I agree. I'm just would, asking you as a Niners fan. It would, it would have to be golf. Looking at this schedule, yeah, it would have to be golf and Kyle Allen. Well, no, golf. I'm gonna place it. Yeah, it would have to be golf, which isn't saying much. But and if you think Arizona, Seattle, Arizona, but then after that we got Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans. Now yeah, the toughest yeah, yeah, game yeah. on the entire schedule is going to be New Orleans, and this is why it's not going to be Baltimore. They're a one-dimensional team. I think it's easier easier to game plan against them. The tough part is going to be New Orleans because they have to go to Baltimore, come back home, and then go to New Orleans. That's going to be tough after already playing Green Bay and Baltimore. And even though the Niners usually Tell me always it. win or used to win in New Orleans all the time, I think with that defense and with those teams both having really good records, you have to give the edge that game to New Orleans. Yeah, I agree so, with that. So, um, and I, so, think yeah. you, I agree with you on the, the important games, right? It's the Saints on the road. Oh yeah, and it's the Seahawks Ball. on the road at the yeah, end of the Seahawks, season. Yeah. I yep. think yeah. um, to me though, the best thing about it is that you guys have won games you're supposed to win. They've won, like you said, won in different ways, and you're coming in at a as you go into the harder part of the schedule. Where if you lost one or two, it wouldn't be good, but you could learn about yourself and still be in a great position. Right. You're not coming right, because... in where you know what I mean. You, you're you're giving yourself a lot of buffer, and the team is building confidence to see. But I'm just feeling like they haven't been tested yet. And you always want right. to be you want to have at least one to Brian's point. The Patriots. Yeah, you can test them. They may you know, they may give up one or, or not. But we know what who they are for the last 20 years. Niners have done it. You know, they did it some years back and they're kind of they're a complete rebuild. So I'm interested to see. And we're actually, like I said, at that Seahawks game. 
not to say that it's going to be competitive or not, because I think the Niners are the Niners are half squad. But I'm interested to see against, you know, um, kind of how they look against that on that second half of the season with the confidence they have against some solid quarterbacks, against some solid offenses with some road games. Exactly. Just to kind of see the Raiders from yeah, we'll go to FC anyway, but we kind of had the opposite. You know what I mean? Like we played like yeah. everyone we played has been a playoff team and I'm surprised where where we were. But it's just constant tests. So I'm interested to see on the Niners side how they do with that little bit of adversity. I don't think they're going to crumble by any means. I'm just interested to see who the team really is when you're in that situation. Yeah, and, and the thing about it with New Orleans, even with lose that game, guess who they play next week after New Orleans? They play Atlanta, who's pretty much exactly. given up on the season. So, <laughs> you know, they can get well real quick and learn from that game if they lose. So True I don't that. think it'll be a, a bad one. But, yeah. Okay, we can move to the AFC. If yeah, you guys over cool to the AFC, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, from what I've noticed at the trade deadline, uh, the New York Jets are the NFL version of the Lakers. Everything got out. Everything. Who was get, Everything got leaked. Who was getting traded and where they were probably were going to. And, you know, they're, they're clearly tanking this year to get a draft picks. Um, and it doesn't help that their coach, Adam Gase, doesn't like the defense coordinator, Greg Williams, and vice versa. So that team is pretty much a, a mess this year, and they're, they're tanking. I had them going to the playoffs. I was dead wrong on that one. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph, the quarterback, he, he's not the answer. It, it, that, that's, that's just not going to work. Um, Cincinnati Bengals, another team I told, you know, we talked about, I talked about earlier, they hold on the quarterbacks too long. They're finally moving on from Andy Dalton, which is three years too late, but you know, they're finally moving on from him. Good for them. Um, what I'm about to hate, I'm about to uh, hate to say this, but the Cleveland Browns are going to start winning games and they're going to start being obnoxious. Um, their schedule start being play. obnoxious. Well, I mean, they're going to be even more obnoxious. I mean, they're going to start yapping. They play Denver. They play Cincinnati twice. They play Pittsburgh twice. They play Miami. They play Arizona. So they're going to start racking up some wins in their schedule. Now they do play Buffalo and they play Baltimore again. But I mean, I can easily see five or six more wins in the schedule, and they're going to be talking playoffs and Super Bowl again. So get ready for that. Um, Jacksonville, uh, it looks like Nick Foles is going to be one and done there. I think they have something there with Gardner Minshew. It's just something about this guy. I'm not saying he's a great quarterback, but he's definitely not bad. And I just think they have something going with him where I would just get rid of Nick Foles. Um, Finally, last two teams, Kansas City. I'm very surprised they didn't make a move for defensive help at the trading deadline. Um, I think that's going to hurt them. And I don't think they can win the Super Bowl because of that defense. I thought they would make a move and they didn't. Uh, Andy Reid is a very good coach, but I guess defense and using timeouts are his thing. So, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah. Uh, Denver, I'm thoroughly convinced that John Elway is the problem with this team. Uh, mm-hmm. He's drafted 64 players. Three of them have been pro bowlers. And since the Super Bowl, his teams are 13 and 27. Uh, John Elway, he reminds me of Joe Dumars. Um, I think both of them lucked into a title and people thought that they were good GMs because they won a title. Uh, I think Elway lucked into Peyton Manning and they ended up winning the championship. And I think Joe Mars, Joe Dumars benefited from the di- uh, dysfunction on the Lakers from that team uh, to win a title. Because I don't think that team talent wise it was better than the Lakers. I think the Lakers just had so much dysfunction and fighting going on. Let's not that, talk about you it. know, yeah, you know, Kobe shooting fadeaway threes from out of bounds with Tayshaun Prince in his face <laughs> and everything. It's just, you know, so people thought Joe Dumars was a good GM because of it. I never bought it. I don't think Elway's a good GM either because he lucked in the paint. I think man. he's doing a fabulous job and that they should <laughs> extend John Elway. That's what I think. 
John, if you hear I this, do. you're the man, bro. You you keep doing what you're doing because you got a vision. And, and you know Oakland, what? It's, we appreciate it's funny. It. One more thing. It's funny you said that because um, I heard, I don't know if it's true or not, that Bill Belichick doesn't like to beat up too much on the in-division competition because he wants to keep facing those coaches year in and year out. So you want to beat them, but you don't want to beat them by too bad to where they fire their coach, you know, because you want to keep playing them because it's a coach at mismatch. So I feel what you're saying. <laughs> uh, is that the whole thing for the AFC for you? Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> yep. So what's interesting is if you look at the, the standings, it's, it's real easy to figure out who's going to be in the playoffs and who's not. Look at the standings right now. If they have five wins or more, they're going to the playoffs. If they don't, then they're not. And if, oddly enough, you get exactly the right number of teams that have five wins or more. Right. You have New England, you have Buffalo, you have Baltimore, you have Indianapolis, Houston and Kansas City. There's your playoffs. Um, so. So anyways, uh, you were talking about a couple different teams. You're talking about the Jets. I mostly agree there. I never you know, thought they were going to do anything. I know that you did, but uh, they did have aspirations. Right. And um, <laughs> I don't know that they're tanking. Um, I just I think they're really honestly trying to figure out what they have with Sam Darnold and. Le'Veon Bell, you know, if they were tanking, they would have made a trade of Le'Veon Bell for some picks, uh, which they opted not to do. They, they would have ta- uh, traded Adams, which they opted not to do. So I don't know that they're tanking. I just think that they're trying to figure it out and giving it a little bit more time and thinking that they could develop into something. Um, and I also think, quite honestly, that all the talk, and we maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more later, all the talk about Tom Brady and his situation going forward and whether or not he's angling himself to go back, go to San Francisco or retire, but not stay in, in uh, New England. I think all of that talk has uh, teams like Buffalo and the Jets uh, starting to, to lick their lips. Um, so anyways, uh, Buffalo, you know, I think that they're, they're a, a good team, but there's just no star power. There's no talent. Josh Allen is, is, is fun to watch. He's fun to have, you know, in a best ball league in fantasy football. He's awful from a fantasy perspective elsewhere. And he's, and he's just not a reliable quarterback. Um, they, you're taking, you know, your old friend, Frank Gore, and, uh, and, and, and showing that that guy's oh. got 15 lives, not nine. Oh, my uh, old friend. Okay. Yeah, your old <laughs> friend, Frank Gore. Uh, and, and, and keeping that going and, and, and power to him, you know, um, I, I, I do think that, uh, the backup running back there is probably more talented, but, uh, but there's just nothing, nothing there. So, you know, great for Buffalo. They're going to make the playoffs. New England's going to go to the Super Bowl. I, I, I said it before. I keep saying it again. Uh, you know, Baltimore, I like, but, and I, and I obviously like, really like Lamar Jackson. I think he's actually a very talented uh, quarterback. Um, I think the team has looked pretty great. I think Mark Ingram fits in uh, well there. Um, but I don't think that they have enough to go all the way. So um, they just, they're not going to get, get there. Uh, Indianapolis and Houston benefit from playing a lot of, of, of rough schedules and having some pretty decent quarterback play. Uh, I don't think anyone, I, I don't know, I, I, there weren't a lot of people who were thinking that Jacoby Brissett would be an asset. I think a lot of people said, well, you know, the team is really talented and maybe they'll make the playoffs because. Jacoby Brissett won't stink it up, but he's actually been an asset um, and he's played solid football. And Deshaun Watson's been Deshaun Watson. So, and then Kansas Deshaun City, is I so nice. Carry on. He is, he's amazing, isn't he? Um, but, anyways, and, and then on Kansas City, I agree with you. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I do think they need some help on defense. I think they need to 
learn how to play a battle game as opposed to a shootout game, uh, because that's what the playoffs are about. Um, I think that, you know, I think Mahomes is outstanding. Uh, you really can't get much better. I'll be very, very upset if Green Bay gets to play the Kansas City Chiefs last week without Mahomes when he was supposed to be out three weeks and I get to play him or Minnesota Vikings to play him this week with Mahomes. Mahomes needs to rest up. Needs to get healthy. Let's give him a <laughs> week Straight up. Straight up. Straight up. The reality of it is, is if we don't play him this week, it'll be four years. Like, well, yeah, I think four years before we have to play him again or Super Bowl. Those are two situations that I can live with. I do not want to play Mahomes twice a year like your friends, the the Raiders. So that's kind of where I land on uh, on, on 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 the AFC. Um, you know, there's there's a clear class of that, but but I really think. There's, there's really no team to look to other than the New England Patriots. And I know we don't like that, but that defense, you know, we talked about this a little bit last time when we were comparing this, this, the stats between San Francisco and New England. Um, man, that defense is outstanding. And, and it's they just play so well together, and you can't score on them. We were watching the last game. They get all the way down, turn the ball over. They, 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 you know, they turn the ball over. They go, you know, they, they make big plays. They, they score on the defensive side. They, you get into the red zone, you're kicking a field goal. Uh, you know, if you score on the New England defense, you're it's because you're lucky. <laughs> um, and, I, I, and okay, ahead. I got I got three things to ask you about that. Yeah. Now I've looked at New England's schedule compared yeah. to the 49ers. The 49ers schedule is better than New England's. I have to say. Now here's the thing. Better, better in which way? The, better like harder. Or played, better like easier. No. Yeah. Right. It's more like like it's harder. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, the, uh, the, but here's the thing. That's not Do a whole really lot to say that, though, bro. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I got you. But, but here's the thing. Do you really think New England's defense is that good? And here's yes. why I question it. Because those guys were there last year. And uh-huh. they were good, but they weren't statistically wise doing what they're doing now. And I think they're doing what they're doing now statistically because of who they play. Now, I think personally you can run on New England. I saw Cleveland do it last you week. You can do it. Yeah. And I think Chubb was that, breaking off big runs. He had four that were called back. Right. And so I think Baltimore – being that the spread <laughs> for this game Sunday night is three and a half, I think Baltimore is going to be able to run on New England. I really do. I, 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 I really all, think they can run on New England. I absolutely agree that the way to beat New England is to run the ball. And I absolutely, I actually think this Baltimore game is a trap game, right? There's always that one game a year that New England kind of uh, doesn't wake up. And, and I think this might be it because they have a really excellent quarterback who can run against them. Um, and they have a really excellent running back who can run traditionally against them. So I wholeheartedly agree that if there's a way to beat them, it's to keep the game slow, keep the game on the ground, don't put it in the air because they will turn it over and run it back. Um, but that's that's not the heart of the question you're asking me. So I do think that the Baltimore game uh, is very interesting, and if, if it, it could even be a game that, that New England gives up one. I'm, that won't stop me from saying that they're going to go to the Super Bowl uh, yeah. because I, I true heartily I believe that. Now on the defense, when you watch them, yeah, they get they get a couple of plays because they're playing bad teams, and you know they're going to get an extra pick maybe a game because of that. But they are when it comes when it gets down to the red zone, they just stiffen up. It reminds me of the Vikings defense of a few years back, which drove me insane. I hated the defense, but they were very, very good statistically. They always they, they always kind of looked like in the middle of the field, like they were pedestrian defense. And then the minute you got inside of the 30, not even really the 20, 
all of a sudden you could not do anything with them. You were kicking a field goal. That's the kind of defense that New England has. And it, when you when you do that with someone like Tom Brady, who's not going to screw up and knows how to win games late, and you're going to do that with with you know Sony Michelle and and all these other little weapons that they have, and you know they bring in Sanu, and it only takes them 15 minutes to to start showing you know uh, for Tom Brady to assimilate him into the offense. Uh, I I think that the defense is just is legit, um, mm-hmm. and and I and I do think that playing Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. It, the one game against Buffalo is better than any team that the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Buffalo exposed New England. Buffalo actually blew that game. But also one more thing. I don't I just don't buy New England's offense. I don't. That's why they keep having holding tryouts and bringing new guys in every week because they don't have that offense figured out. And Tom Brady pretty much said so every about it. year. They they know every year. They know they have the offense figured out every year. They don't have it figured out this year. So I think. If they play some competition like they did against Buffalo, they can really struggle because but Brady put up some pedestrian numbers against Buffalo uh, that game. But also, John Harbaugh. Weren't they the team, though, that brought Josh Gordon in the middle of last year looking for that extra pop, even though they had, uh, you know, Gronk and, and other guys? I mean, right. always tinkering. Right. They had, they had Gronk last year. They don't have a tight end this year. That's why they keep bringing in guys. I just don't I just don't think the offense is as good as the people think. That it, I just don't think New England is as good as people think. That they are. I just think they that offense is pretty limited to me. But we'll we'll just see what happens as the uh, what's, season progresses. What's funny to me is but a lot also of, one, go ahead, sorry. Hmm? Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you good, Glenn. What you say? No, I was gonna say what's funny is like if you took a lot of the stuff you said and literally put in San Francisco 49ers instead of Patriots, a yes. lot of people would agree. So it's just funny, but it's it's just how the paths are going. Like they both I agree the Patriots have played, you know, their division's kinda weak, Niners division's kinda weak. Both are winning the games they're supposed to win and are solid teams. Don't get me wrong, it's just everyone's still the jury's out because we haven't seen them in, right. you know. The jury's still a, out on both teams. Right? In, I don't in, know in that the jury's fight. out, though. Like I said, the New England Patriots do this every single year. The Jets the, uh, the Jets have been in their, their, their division well, yeah. every and single the, year. And the AFC, right? of those teams you mentioned, of the five-win teams, like none of them are scary for, you know, except Kansas, a, a healthy Kansas City with Mahomes going nuts because they can score on them. Oh, the so, AFC is over. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I get done, that. Yeah. But I just think both, you know, and the NFC is pretty close. I mean, if you beat New Orleans, right, that's pretty much all we said, then yeah. you're in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, the path could easily be Niners, um, Patriots, and please believe I'll be Nineered up because I don't mess with these Patriots like that. Man, a Raider, <laughs> fan, a Raider fan told me that at work, too. And he hates the 49ers, but he hates the Patriots more. That's actually well, kind of funny. <laughs> but, but last yeah. thing about it, I'm interested in the Baltimore-New England game. The reason why is because Belichick, like Nick Saban in Alabama, has always had trouble with mobile quarterbacks. They've had trouble. Kaepernick went in New England and beat them. Cam Newton beat uh, beat them. Tyrod Taylor has beaten um, Bill Belichick. I mean, and John Harbaugh has a history of beating, you know, he's beat them a couple times, two or three times to go to Super Bowls or whatever. So, But on the flip side, his record against this this particular draft class and and uh, first and second year quarterbacks. Right. I think he's got, he's got one loss. Yeah, it's like twenty five right. and one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm interested in this game uh, for a too. lot of things. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Dope. No, no, no. You guys had a lot of you had a lot of good points. Um. So all right. So that's our kind of our NFL coverage. Let's switch over. Um. Actually, making a good time. Let's switch over to the NBA. NBA season's in full swing. Um, I need Coop. I need that hookup you got. I haven't been able to see no Lakers, and I'd like to watch the LA feed. Yeah, I haven't seen no yeah, Lakers. I've been watching. I ain't seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen. I saw like half of one of uh, the first game, but haven't seen any of the other games. You know, I got the Warriors up here. They just moved into Chase Center. Shout out to to Isaac, my company. We did a bunch of work in there. 
Uh, apparently more work than the Warriors are going to do. So, uh, <laughs> so speaking of which, as we were doing this, I didn't want to drop it, but Steph Curry just broke his hand. It's out. Yep. He's oh, out. No. Broke his hand in the second half of the game. You know, Sean texted that to me, so he acted Man, like the season sucks. was over. I said, Sean, the season's been over, brother. Right. It's been over. Yeah, that it was sucks. over before he broke his hand, but it's all right. I had to see, I had to see any, any, you know, any injury um, for this kind of stuff, so that sucks. So much, much respect to Steph. Hopefully he's back healthy really back soon. Back healthy soon. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. definitely don't want that, so. But yeah, um, basketball season. So you know, let's get. I think we do something like just give me like a couple of top teams. We can do like West and East. Um, we can get into a deeper preview show. You know, give a week or two in foot in uh, basketball. I think football. The preview show is good to do at the beginning. Football. I mean, basketball. You can wait a week or two just because there's so many games. You can kind of see who people are going to be. So for now, give me a couple of top teams, you know, who, who you're looking forward to. Maybe let's do the awards to who you think will be, you know, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, et cetera. But um, let's kind of get that going. Um, Brian, kind of start us off, man. Just take it wherever sure. you want to take it. We'll just let it flow. Yeah. So I'm yeah, B, that, give, give, me, give me your playoff teams, B. Give me your playoff teams. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to do all the eight playoffs. I was going to say, why don't we just do the top four seeds and then we'll, we'll do the rest. Uh, we'll save the Ooh. rest for, for next time. Oh, I didn't even do that. I just gave eight teams. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't but know who's figure out, top four. Figure out we'll figure out who the top four are going to be. So, no, anyways, no, no, in, in the in the in the Eastern Conference, um, I, you know, I don't know that it's going to be that intriguing. So right now you have what Philadelphia, Toronto, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Orlando, and Cleveland um, holding eight top spots, and you got an undefeated Philly team after Embiid decided to go uh, WWE in the middle of a basketball game, but. Um, I think that the four teams, and I'm not putting these in any particular order, I just think they're going to be the, the one through four, um, are going to be Philly, uh, Boston, Milwaukee, and uh, Toronto. So, you know, I, let me go. Philly was one of those teams that, uh, you know, had, it, sorry, I, I'm sorry, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly. Uh, yeah, that's what I said in Toronto. I just wanted to make sure I got that right. Uh, Philly, I, I think, is, is going to continue to be very solid. I think Embiid is one of the best basketball players. I think he needs to shut his mouth and play basketball. He was on Rachel Nichols' show uh, last week talking about how he's decided that he's not going to talk any trash uh, this season after getting clowned um, in his hometown because he was crying after they lost in the playoffs last year. So he said, I'm not talking any trash this year. Um, And then today he's fighting and goes into the press conference and starts talking about what he's not. Uh, You you can look up the quote for those of you who who are interested. Um, and I, I just think that the team, you know, Ben Simmons is, is actually shot a three pointer, um, and, and is trying to develop his game a little bit more. I, so I think they're going to be in the mix where they, where they fall in there. Uh, I've liked Boston. I've actually watched a couple of their games so far. They look like a team. Uh, and, and this goes back to that whole addition by subtraction, right? Boston was a pretty good, solid playoff team. Um, when before they before Kyrie got came back and was healthy, and now that he's gone, I think that they might be that again. Uh, they just look happy, um, and, and that's I, I'm not trying to say anything negative about Kyrie, but it's just kind of implied. And when you see how well a team does the minute the guy skates, and it's what for four or five games into the season, and the, and the the coach and the GM of the Nets are already having to talk about. Um, how they they don't believe that Kyrie has the funks that everyone's uh, apparently leaking that he does have, and how he had a big episode in China, and and that the coach and the GM were already concerned about it, and they have to go out there and defend that. So you know, clearly there's something, there's a cloud um, 
in uh, around uh, a Kyrie that 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 when lifted can really do wonders for a team. So um, so I, I like Boston. Um, Milwaukee, for obvious reasons, they have you know one of the the best players in the game. He's only going to continue to get better, uh, and and you know they're 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 trying to find themselves, but they added a lot of talent. They had they they messed with the roster a little bit more, so it's not surprising when you mess with the roster, uh, you get a little bit of a slower start. Fully expect them to be a top four seed when it's all said and done. And Toronto, um, this is a lot of this is benefiting from from kind of not from kind of. Being on a team um, that, uh, or sorry, being in a, in a division and a conference that isn't as strong. The, the dark horse there is if Miami actually woke up and took one of the top four seeds, I would not be surprised. Tyler Hero is legit. You'll hear more about me, me talking more about him later. Um, Jimmy Butler's motivated. Uh, and, and so far, they look like they like playing together, but they got to figure out what to do with Deion Waiters uh, and his uh, malcontent self. So, you know, what do you think about. Uh, the uh, the Eastern Conference, uh, Jason. All right, so top four. Let's see. I'll go with no uh, particular Mil- order. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no particular order. Right. I'll go with Milwaukee. Um, I think the luckiest guy in the East is Giannis. First, LeBron left. Now, uh, Kawhi left. So uh, yep. I'll take Milwaukee. Uh, Philly. Um, they have too much talent not to make the playoffs. Um, yep. How far the how far the team goes depends pretty much on Ben Simmons. Number three, I have uh, Boston. Um, Stevens is a good regular season coach. He gets his team to take the regular season very seriously. And like you, I believe that uh, Kimba is addition by subtraction. Um, hey, well, Kimba is addition by addition, but uh, Kyrie leaving is addition by I mean, subtraction. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, he's not as talented as Kyrie, but I think he just fits Boston and the whole system and the team better. Um, I have him as a top four seed. And the fourth team I have is, is Miami. I think Jimmy Butler and Dragic is more than enough to get the heat. Uh, one of the top four seeds. And like you said, Hero, he can ball too. So I got them in top four. Uh, the, to round out five through eight, I have um, Detroit, Indiana. They, they're pretty much the same team to me. They always seem to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Um, I got Toronto. Um, they were good enough to make the playoffs without Kawhi, but they're likely a one in one round and out team to me. And then finally, I have Orlando. Uh, they don't score a lot, but they don't give up a lot. They look like, you know, one of those classic 40 and 42 playoff teams in the East to make, you know, in the East to make the playoffs. So those are my <laughs> top eight teams. Now the team I left out, the Brooklyn Nets. Now uh, people, a lot of people said I was too hard on Kyrie last year when I said that all I've heard since AAU is that he's into himself and personally that I don't think he cares about winning. Um, people celebrated him for leaving LeBron. And I said that I don't think that was smart because he's not a number one. He's a high end number two player. And he's playing with another guy who's not that smart decision-making, and that's Kevin Durant, because he left the Warriors to go play with Kyrie, something I wouldn't have done, but he did. More power to him. Um, And then, you know, this report comes out. The Nets are already worried about his mood swings. And also came out this guy went nine days in Boston without speaking to anybody. You know, then we find out in Asia he refused to put on a hat during the team photo, told the photographer to Photoshop it. So if that's not into himself, I don't know what is. So it looks like I'm pretty much vindicated by this story. But uh, I don't have Brooklyn going to the playoffs. Was there really anybody who was jumping down your throat for saying that Kyrie was grumpy? I think that, I think everybody. <laughs> like, I don't know that I don't know that there was a whole lot of people going, "Oh, Coop, I think you're really going out on a limb on this." Well, yeah, it, was, it wasn't us, Brian. Grumpy. I said he's just too into it. I said he's too into himself. I didn't, well, I, I guess said. you can find those two people and, uh, <laughs> and, and claim victory. Hey, yeah, I have a question for you: If you uh, if you take Blake Griffin off of Detroit's team, do you think they make the playoffs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so you think Detroit playoffs. would make the playoffs without Blake Griffin? Yeah. Because he ain't yeah. going to be there at the end of the season. Yeah, I think they're, I think I'll give like you that. <laughs> yeah, he he's not. He, yeah, he he's getting traded. They're 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 done with that. So. Good, they um, should. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting. The, it'll the be Clippers, interesting the Clippers fleeced them. I think Jerry West was there at that time. Didn't he? Didn't he fleece anybody? Them? And there's only two people that I've ever met who actually think that Blake Griffin is a a, a superstar or a stud basketball. Anybody who believes that can get fleeced because he is not. <laughs> he's never been. Um, you know he. He is the very cheery version of Kyrie Irving on a team. Like he's he's a, you know he likes to he's upbeat. He likes to do jokes and all that kind of stuff. But as minute the minute he's on your team, your team is worse. Yeah. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what about the guys? West? You guys. What about the West side? To the West. Yeah. Move to the <laughs> West. Uh, I'll move. I'll I'll start with the West. Uh, actually, no, you start with the West, B. Go ahead. All right. So, like I said, top four, no particular order. Uh, obviously it's going to be the two teams in Los Angeles, uh, and then Utah and Denver. Those are my, my four. Um, so, you know, starting with the Clippers, uh, look, it, it, it pains me. And you guys have also heard me say this a whole lot. I have three favorite players in the NBA, right? Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, two of them. I was always dreamed of all three of them being Lakers. Now two of them are a Clipper and the other one's a warrior for life. So, with that said, I obviously think that the Clippers have a lot of talent. Um, can't stand Patrick Beverly. I think he's just a, a jerk of a person who has to make up for his lack of, uh, of, of overwhelming talent by by getting into people's skin and, and playing dirty and doing a whole bunch of other stuff. But if you're the Clippers, you love the idea that he's on your team. Um, and, and every team has somebody like that. They have, a, you know, a Rambus, a, a Ron Artest, a, you know, a Rick Fox, whoever it happens to be that you want to be your, your instant troublemaker and your instigator. Uh, you know, uh, what Trevor Ariza played that role for the Lakers a couple uh, a time. But there's always that other guy, right? And, and, I, and I think that uh, they have that in Patrick Beverly. Uh, and then, you know, they have a lot of talent on the bench. So they got rid of pass, uh, they, not Pascal Siakam. They got rid of um, uh, their their stud uh, rookie or younger guy uh, in the, as part of the trade for for Paul George. Um, but he was a starter. And so the bench that that played so well is all is there and completely intact. So I think the Clippers are going to do pretty well. Um, like I said, a one through four seed. Next one's obviously the Lakers. Um I'm encouraged. So, you know, Jason, uh, you do remember the text messages that you were streaming through after the, the one game and said the season is over and yada, yada, yada. But, uh, you know, now they've, that's the only loss they have. Um, and, and like I was saying about the other teams in the East, when you revamp a team, which the Lakers have to do because of salary cap reasons and blowing up the team for, for LeBron reasons, it takes a moment to, to become a team. So, I do think that they're going to sneak into the top four. If they ended up in number five, it wouldn't be surprising. But that five-four area um, is somewhere where I think that they'll end up. Uh, they get Kuzma back on Friday. I'll be looking forward to that game. Uh, they also need to figure out that LeBron is not a point guard, and it's not because he isn't skilled or talented enough. It's that you need his. He needs to have scoring as an option. And every time he came up the court when he was trying to be point guard. He was looking for other people to give the ball, even if the lane was wide open, because he felt like he needed to be a point guard. And so that doesn't work. You need LeBron, you need AD to go up in the court thinking, how can I best help the team? And a lot of times that's scoring. Um, Utah and, uh, and and Denver are just really solid teams. You know, Joker's outstanding. 
and and I, they, they're going to they're going to win a fair amount of games. I just think that they're the two other two really good teams and the t- that are going to be the top four in the West. Um, don't need to go player by player, but uh, Joker, 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 he, he might be um, one of the most talented players. His fitness. He doesn't. He, there's no. There's no men's uh, health magazine photo shoot shooting his future, um, but he can certainly do a whole lot uh, when he's got the ball in his hands, and, and he's a pretty fun guy to watch. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Okay, here I am. Okay, now I was just scrolling <laughs> through our uh, text messages. I was like, I don't remember saying anything like that. I said the over under was two twenty five, and I thought that was too high, but I didn't say it was over. But let me go to my top four playoff teams um, uh, in the West. I have the one with Jelani, by the way. Wrong screen. Wrong screen. I'll take a look at that. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Denver, I have them uh, probably going to be the top seed. Um, Young team, not a lot of veterans. Uh, They want home court. Uh, They're a good regular season team. Um, Also have the Clippers in there in the top uh, four. Young, deep team. I'm, I'm not ready to hand them the title, but it wouldn't surprise me if they won it. Um, they have flaws like all the other teams in the West, so I think a lot of that's going to depend on matchups in the playoffs. Um, another, t- another top team in the West I have will be Portland. Uh, Portland's always a playoff team. They have talent, but unfortunately they only have one step-up player, which is the reason why they don't make deep playoff runs. Now, they do have two centers, Whiteside and Nurchich, but um, I can see them trading one of them for help in the playoffs. And then the fourth team I have um, is Utah. Uh, decent roster, and I think they're going to be a tough out. I don't think any team in the playoffs actually wants to play Utah. Um, I think those will be those will be ugly games, and I think the Utah will just be a tough out uh, in the playoffs. And I think you that definitely whoever they play will go probably six or seven games. Uh, teams uh, five through eight, I have the Lakers. Uh, I just think they're just a, too old of a team just to be in a top four. Um, they're, to me, they're not built for the uh, regular season. They're, they're built for the playoffs. And LeBron looks like he's a year older and in his 17th season. Uh, so far, he's deferred to AD on offense like he said he would because he's averaging yeah. nine and a half assists a game. Uh, but if AD, if AD gets hurt, uh, the Lakers are, are going to be in, in really big trouble. Um, I have the Houston Rockets uh, in there as well, barely. I think they'll be a six, seven, or eight seed. Um, the owner is mad at the GM. The GM doesn't like the coach, and the coach doesn't like his staff because – GM got rid of everybody on his staff. Uh, and this is this is you know he's a lame duck season right now for Mike D'Antoni, who you guys know I don't think he can coach. Uh, people underestimate chemistry in the NBA, and I just don't think the Harden Westbrook thing will work consistently or long term. I mean they'll have their nights where they'll be on, where they'll be on, but I also believe they'll have nights where it's going to be all bad. Uh, fortunately, they gave up 158 points tonight to the Wizards. I don't know how that's possible. But they won the game, 159 to 158. So congratulations to them. But this team is definitely not built for it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this team is definitely not Whoever built for it. Whoever bet the over on that game was smiling. Right. Yeah, right, one, right, right, right. Almost exactly. 160? Sheesh. It was 159 to 158. Yeah, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah so a lot of that's this- refing, though, because there was a whole lot of foul calls. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this team isn't be built for a deep playoff run. So they'll definitely be a, a, a one round and out team um, as a six, seven or eight seed. Um, I also have San Antonio in the playoffs. Um, people haven't really I don't think they noticed this, but they run a more up tempo offense now. And I like their point guard, Murray. I think he's an underrated player. 
and I, I think he's uh, I think he can play. And then finally, the eighth team I have. Wait, is that my eight teams? I got Denver, Utah, Portland, San Antonio, Clippers, Lakers. Did I leave somebody out? I think you haven't I said somebody. Dallas or Phoenix yet, basically. Let me see. Let me go down. Mm-hmm. You got to pick between oh, Dallas and Phoenix. Okay, and, I hear this. And right. the last, guess, okay, right. so the last playoff spot came down to Dallas and Minnesota, and I'm giving it okay. to the Timberwolves. Uh, Timberwolves have the talent to be in the playoffs, and I just don't trust Dallas on defense because they just don't play defense, uh, which actually makes them kind of fun to watch because they don't play any defense. But uh, I'm taking the Timberwolves, so that's going to be that the eighth, uh, eighth team. So and for Timber- someone who said that you didn't mm-hmm. want to do a full preview, you just did a full preview, but okay. No, I didn't okay. know. That's not a full preview. I was very, I was very brief. Now, <laughs> the teams I left out. Let's talk about the teams I left out. Uh, Sacramento, your boy. Yep, people have tried to sell me on the Kings, and I've never bought the Kings, and I still don't. Um, they're like the Phoenix Suns. They were two years away two years ago. Um, organizationally, they do not have a clue about what they're doing. They hired Luke Walton, which proves that, which is a significant downgrade from what they had last year. Walton can't coach. Veterans don't respect them. Young players don't develop under his coaching or guidance. And so far this year, they're How the heck five. can you say that when he has one year as coach? Anyways, yeah. go on. They're 0 5. 0 5 this year. They just lost tonight to Charlotte. I don't know how that happens because I don't know anybody that plays for Charlotte. Uh, going into the game, they've only scored 95 points a game and they've given up 115. So the defense is still bad under Luke Walton. Sacramento is, is just terrible under him. I don't think with the last coach they would have lost to Charlotte tonight. I'm, I'm giving up 118 doing it. I just don't believe it. Uh, another team I left out, which is obvious, is um, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, this team, it's, this was easy to pick them not to make the playoffs. Uh, Curry is great, and as we just found out, he just got hurt. But he's not close to enough to pull this team, in the, to will this team in the playoffs in the West. Um, I've always said that Draymond Green, if he played for Orlando, nobody would know who he is. Uh, he's good with He's good with other great players, but now he doesn't have that. I never bought never bought the whole D'Angelo Russell thing. I kept hearing from a lot of talking heads on TV how he's going to get a smooth transition and blah, blah, blah. Never bought it. Reason why? Never thought he fit in seamlessly because the Brooklyn Nets, number one, were better at the end of games last year when he wasn't shooting. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was the more consistent player in the closing moments of games, not D'Angelo Russell. I think people are really overestimating that all-star status in the East because Luol Dang made an all-star game in the East. So I don't really consider that to be a huge accomplishment. Uh, when D'Angelo Russell was at the Lakers, he didn't have any structure under Luke Walton. Brooklyn let him do whatever he wanted. That was no structure there. But the Warriors actually have structure, so his game would have to change, and I just don't think it will work. On top of that, the Warriors roster, like I've said, told you guys, is full of G League players. I mean, I just looked up these guys. Some guys named Jordan Poole is getting major run. Uh, some guy named Ruth Chris. No, Marquise Chris. I'm sorry. Marquise Chris is getting run. Uh, Eric Pascal. Marquise Chris isn't a G-leaguer, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eric Pascal. I mean, I think that's a computer program. Somebody named Jacob <laughs> Evans the third. They got Glenn Robinson. And I thought, oh, Glenn Robinson. And it said the third. So I was like, I don't know who that is. Um, somebody named Damian Lee, Kai Bauman, and Omari Spellman. Uh, yeah, these are G League players. So it's no wonder they're the worst defensive team in the league. Uh, they've given up going into tonight's game. They were giving up 128 points a game, and D'Angelo Russell doesn't help with that either. This, uh, so um, yeah, sounded like you, Warriors. My bad. Sound like you just so wanted I, to get on your friends. 
to to be the brief that you were not which you haven't been. But uh, <laughs> I will. I just want to talk a little bit about uh, about the Sacramento Kings. Can I ask you a couple a couple questions? Four questions here. Uh, you have the Trailblazers in the playoffs, correct? Yeah. Okay. You have the Jazz in the playoffs, correct? Yeah. Okay. You have um, uh, the Nuggets in the playoffs, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Suns are a team that beats uh, the Clippers and actually blew the doors off the Clippers, correct? Yep. Okay, there's your four losses. So, you know, it's a little little weird to kind of decide that one Luke Walton's career is is uh, complete garbage based off of that. It, that means Liddy Wilkins would Wilkins would have would, yeah, Liddy Wilkins would have never uh, uh, had an opportunity. Anyways, I know that you have a high level of uh, of irrational uh, uh, dislike for for uh, uh, for Luke Walton, so I, I'm not even trying to debate that. Everybody who listens has, has, has heard enough of it. Um, but I do think that the Sacramento Kings. I've never been one of the, the people that thought that they were um, two years from being a team. I always thought that they're just got a team that's trying to build. You know, they have De'Aaron Fox. That guy is pretty awesome. I think Bagley's going to be very good. Uh, but when you do the 76ers method which is essentially what their model seems to be, uh, you know, it takes, it takes time, right? And, and the, everyone said the same thing about the 76ers, and now we're talking about them as a top seed in the East. Um, and I'm not saying that the, 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 when the Sacramento Kings are going to get there, but I do think that Luke Walton is a good coach. Um, I do think that he can captivate players. I do think that he's a better suited coach for younger players than older um, established players. And I, I think that, that the Sacramento Kings – um, are not going to be great. They're certainly not on my playoff list, and we're, nor would they ever have been even before the season started. But uh, I do think that there's there's some opportunity there, and I think that you know a simple scheduling situation, similar to what happened for the San, what worked out for the San Francisco 49ers, um, has worked against the Sacramento Kings. But uh, but anyways, I, I just wanted to say that. Other than that, you know, most there's some players on Golden State that you've called G Leaguers. They're actually. Um, you know, some players that have, that have that have been had built a reputation around being solid guys on a on a team. Uh, but you're you're 100 percent correct on the uh, you can't win when you don't have a healthy staff. Um, he's not enough to do it by himself in most cases. Uh, and now they're talking about how Clay's not coming back. I do like D'Angelo Russell um, and I do think that he is a solid player. But, um, you know, there's he's not enough. Um, even with Steph to kind of carry that load. Well, maybe I think D'Angelo hopefully, yeah, we'll just um, real quick. We'll just hopefully supply some yeah. excitement in the stadium for people who are yeah. paying millions of dollars for them seats and now have a terrible team. Well, you saw that one <laughs> series where they, they did like five or six, you know, no look back uh, passes before uh, Russell drilled the three in the corner. Um, you know, they'll be fun to watch when, when Steph is healthy. Um, but they need to get competitive because it's really, really hard to watch a game when, when they are down 41-14 in the first quarter. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have New Orleans, and I thought for sure you would have them in. The, um, you know, Zion has had his third knee injury in eight months, so I'm kind of worried about him because it seems like his game probably relies on got to remember what I said about Zion a long time ago. There's, I, there's no way he's going to stay healthy. No way. He is too big for his frame, and that's not – that's not me calling him fat or anything right, else. Exactly. You have a frame and you have um, there's a certain a max weight. And the players who have had bodies types like him at that size have not been as athletic. 
It's not a coincidence he got hurt in college. It's not a you know when he got it wasn't a coincidence he got hurt in in uh, the preseason, not the preseason in the uh, summer league. And it's not a, a coincidence that he got hurt now. He has got to get lean. Now doesn't mean he can't get muscular or stay muscular and big um, and be athletic, but he's got to get lean if he is going to try and keep those knees in shape. Uh, and that's just the simple reality of it. And um, and you know, while I love. Uh, a couple of the guys that are on that team, uh, you're not going to hear me say anything too positive about a team that has Lonzo Ball on it. So I didn't say anything positive about the Lakers when they had him on it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, it just seems like to me Zion's game relies on explosiveness. Sort explosiveness, of like yes, and you For can't sure. have that with, when it's you're sort of like, Yeah, sort of like Derrick Rose. So when he got that injury, Derrick Rose, he was never the same because he needs that explosiveness. But we'll it's, see what happens. I hope he comes D-Rose, back, but he needs to drop a good 20 pounds. Yeah, D. Rose has been hooping Zion. though. Um, kind of reminds me more of Bla- yes, yes. Blake Griffin. Um, he's just a little bit bigger, same kind of thing. Like it's just all athleticism. But yeah, I hope for the best because I like and Blake Zion. has been Blake has been healthy and he's also been leaner, right? Right. right, right. Outside of his outside of his rookie year, Blake has been, you know, well, the Clippers always had somebody injured, so I guess guess yeah. that's hard to say. Yeah. So we'll see how it works. Well, that was cool. So we did uh, NFL, we did NBA today. Um, we're doing pretty good. Let's slide over to our last segment of the show, which is the minute to win it. Um, if I could, guys, yeah, can, can I start on this one? Absolutely. Please. please. So, so this one, I think I started the last few weeks. I keep doing that. But um, this one actually, guys, is going to be this whole one is dedicated to you both. So I just want to say thank you as a fantasy football GM for your fantasy <laughs> football picks. I picked up Lamar Jackson in my work league. And I remember our GM was saying our um, commission was saying how um, I had a pretty solid draft, but he felt like I took Lamar Jackson too early. I laughed. Uh, Not Lamar Jackson, that now, is he? Lamar Jackson, number one scoring um, in this league, specifically, is the number one scoring quarterback before the bye. I don't know. You know, once you add it in the bye yards, it'll be different. But So that was a good look. I picked up the um, New England Patriots defense, based off some of you guys said. They've been uh, pretty solid, balling out. So that's helped me. Mm-hmm. I picked up Cooper Cup. I picked up, um, who else did I have that you guys said? Just basically loaded my Singletary. team. Picked up Singletary in every league I could. There Tried to get go. him in Brian's league and couldn't. I'm actually winning games in Brian's league with a terrible roster some kind of way. But guys are showing up with um, the boy Brita, et cetera. So just a quick shout out to y'all, man. We may um, Y'all doing pretty good with this thing that uh, the fantasy football picks is helping your boy out. So if I win any money, I'll give y'all at least 0.01% for sure. I got you. <laughs> so thanks, hey, fellas. How about this? You, you can invest it in, a, in a, te- a bottle of tequila for us to share. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen whether I win or lose. So. <laughs> you already know. But yeah, man, y'all y'all did pretty good with that. So shouts out to y'all, man. And then whoever's next, awesome. pick it up. Go ahead. Go ahead, B. Right. Um, well, first of all, just say just a congratulations note. Um, if anyone didn't watch, one thing I love is is nighttime golf. So there's golf on right now. I'm watching it live because uh, they're playing in, I believe it's Dubai. Uh, but last week they were, were playing in Japan and, and Tiger Woods got his 82nd win. And I was glued to the television. Uh, much to my wife's dismay, staying up until one o'clock in the morning to watch the double round and making sure that I watch the final round. Uh, it's it's just amazing to watch something uh, something like that. Of the people who have been born since 1950, Tiger Woods all but doubles whoever's second. So he's got 82, right? Phil Mickelson's got 44. <laughs> Um, and, and that's just how big a difference there is between Tiger Woods and everybody else. So, you know, congratulations to him. That was awesome to watch. Can't wait. I'm really hoping that this season he can stay healthy, um, you know, play the tournaments that matter, 
and win, you know, a couple. It'd be great to see him win two or three. By the way, his win percentage in his last 14 starts is 21%. His career win percentage is 22.8%. So all the people who think that he's washed up and won't be able to win again, he's actually winning at the exact same clip right now with three wins in his last, uh, was it, I think it's last 18 or something like that, um, that, that he did. Uh, when he was winning, winning all, uh, all the time. It's just that he's playing less tournaments. So anyway, that's cool. Um, last thing is, is my heart goes out to all the people who are dealing with fires, both in Northern California and Southern California. Uh, I don't know if anyone heard, but right now we're getting gusts of winds as we're getting one right now. They're shaking uh, my guest house. Uh, we're getting up to 80 miles per hour. Uh, and I'm right between three uh, fires right now. So um, I don't live, for those who don't know, know where I live, I don't live far from, you know, the Bel Air area where the 405 passes. Um, I'm real close, obviously, to the Simi Thousand Oaks fire. As a matter of fact, uh, I found out one of the golf courses that I, 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 usually, I usually play at is, uh, is, is on fire in Tierra Hata. Um, and then not far from the fire that was uh, up in, in Santa Clarita. And then, Three weeks ago, or is it three? Yeah, three weeks ago, there was a fire right not far from my house in Porter Ranch and had to uh, send family away. So, you know, we're all impacted over here. Um, I, I've never been in danger. Um, you know, I've, I've had friends who have had to be evacuated. And that's why I said my heart goes out to them. My family has always been uh, perfectly safe. Um, you know, just had to to deal with, with, with some adverse weather conditions and traffic and, and silly things like that that are annoying but not not life-threatening. But um, to those people who are, are dealing with those situations, my heart goes out to you. The stuff that's been going on up in Northern California is just um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to, to, to see, to know about. All the fires up there are they're killing such beautiful land um, and they're all behemoth, right? So, you know, here we have smaller very dangerous fires and we're worried about structures um up there they're taking out whole forests um whole communities uh mountain communities it's just it's it is tragic um to see what's going on so my heart goes out to all of them and that's it yeah respect that's straight up joke yeah man straight yeah I, I was driving home on driving home on sunday and uh, the windows were up in my car and i was damn near choking that's how bad it was uh but um my, I'm going to be real quick. I'm going to be interested in next year's NFL draft. And the reason why is because more quarterbacks are going to be overdrafted mm-hmm. uh, in next year's draft than, any, than I think than any year ever. Uh, I can list 12 teams off the top of my head that need quarterbacks. And plus, you got teams like, you know, Cincinnati and, and the Dolphins, you know, tanking for quarterbacks. I don't think they should, but they are. Um, so I'm just very interested, um, to see who reaches, you know, for a quarterback in the first round of, uh, next year's, uh, draft. And then the reason when teams reach, that's how you get guys like Ryan Tannehill drafted ninth and Manziel going in the first round and RG three getting drafted second and Marcus Mariota getting drafted second. A lot of these teams reach for quarterbacks and, um, it's just going to be interesting to see because, um, it's not going to solve their issue. They think their issues are going to be solved and, me and Brian and Glenn will be talking about, you know, how bad these quarterbacks are in a few years. So, uh, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. And uh, one of them will probably be on my team. So, um, <laughs> another good show, guys. Y'all have any last words? Nah, man. This was, this was a fun one. Yeah, yep. for sure, man. Definitely praise up for everybody um, affected by the fires. That's real talk. Um, here, there, man, everywhere. Because it's, it's kind of ugly out here in, in Cali right now. So, October 30th, 2019. That's a Sports Counterpoints podcast. And we out.